Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon and welcome. Happy Friday, baby, to you. September 9th, the year 2022. Hope you're having a spectacular day. It is a Chamber of Commerce day, if there ever was one. Did you feel the fall-like temps this morning when you woke up? Well, I mean, it was it, it was in the 60s. It was delightful. We're up in the 80s, low, I mean, beautiful Chamber of Commerce Day. Great for high school football tonight. Great, hopefully, for college football tomorrow and the NFL on Sunday. It is Friday. It's a football Friday edition of uh, the Jordy Helper Show. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios. He's spinning those tunes, pushing all the right buttons, making sure everything things run in a professional manner it's right there on the campus of delta media which houses klwb which is 1037 lafayette we're also on 1041 in lake charles we are streaming around the world 1037 thegame.com 1041 thegame.com and if you happen to be by a television set well Pop that son of a gun on because we're also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Uh, How do you like me now? Say the Buffalo Bills tied at 10 at the half. Uh, Josh Allen and company steamrolled the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams 31 to 10 as the NFL season kicked off on a Thursday night at SoFi Stadium. Despite two first half interceptions, one of which bounced off of wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie, Josh Allen, what a stud, 26 of 33 completions, that's 84% for 297 yards, three touchdowns. His completion percentage breaks the Bills' regular season record. Allen was also the team's leading rusher with nine carries for 57 yards and a score. The Bills' defense looks great. Von Miller was a stud. Um, Man, Miller had two sacks, two quarterback hits, and three tackles for loss. Um, Man, they, they are something. Here's a Here's an underrated stat for you. When Josh Allen has a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown, Buffalo is 20 and one in their last 21 games. So what a start by the Buffalo Bills. The Saints were on the practice field today. Michael Thomas participated in practice again today. It'd be 
Um, just a shocker to everyone, I think, if he does not play Sunday against the Falcons. Uh, safety Tyron Matthew was not present for the early portion open to the media. Uh, have no worries. Dennis Allen said he just had an illness. He'll be fine. Paulson Adebo, Traquan Smith were also not participating. So we'll see if there's an injury report uh, coming here uh, in, soon soon so um we'll talk about that it is a football friday night in acadiana and yes indeed um we are your station for high school football there is no question about that and got some really really good games uh around the area this weekend um how about notre dame at st martinville um how about lake charles college prep Coming to Westgate. Westgate's the defending class 4A state champions. They weren't challenged in their opener. Lake Charles College Prep will be a different contest than New Iberia. LCCC has athletes all over the field, has a really good program. They make deep playoff runs. So this is a great early test for Westgate. And I think a lot will say the best game in the Acadiana area is St. Thomas Moore hosting Alexandria. Uh, St. Thomas Moore rolled in its opener. The Trojans of Alexandria lost to Karen Crow, but they Everybody that's anybody thinks that they're going to be a serious contender for the 5A state title this season. Um, So we'll have a clearer picture of both of these clubs after tonight's ball game. You've also got a really good test. If you want to see a future LSU Tiger, Woodlawn of Baton Rouge travels to take on unbeaten Lafayette Christian. Um, Boy, Lafayette Christian handled Acadiana last week. Jawan Johnson, five touchdowns. Well, uh, LSU commit Ricky Collins is coming into town. He'll be at the Knight Stadium. Woodlawn fell short against University Lab in the opener, but it's got playmakers. So if you want to see Ricky Collins, head over to LCA for that one. Another good one, Vermilion Catholic is at Ascension Episcopal. That's a good one. Karen Crow is at Bar. These are two unbeaten teams. No other team in the Acadiana area may have had a more impressive win last week than Karen Grew on the road at Alexandria. Barb won its opener over LaGrange as expected, so this will be a really, really good matchup. Um, Karen Crow at Barb. So um, stay tuned. We'll have all the action for you here uh, on the game as high school football gets underway back to the nfl uh, the baltimore ravens and um uh their quarterback um lamar jackson have failed to reach an agreement on a new contract lamar said this was the deadline day uh, and this morning the ravens announced they were unable to come to an agreement on a new deal by the quarterback's self-imposed deadline well Wait and see. We'll, we'll we'll just just let's just wait and see how it all unfolds. Maybe they'll come to the table. Who knows? Who knows? Um, we've got a busy, busy show planned for you and yours as always. It's a football Friday, uh, and we are going to have you covered from coast to coast. Koki Riley will join us. We'll talk about. LSU, as the Tigers uh, get ready to host Southern, they expect over 200. Now, the last time I heard LSU Tiger Stadium holds a little over 100,000, maybe let's say on a good night, an Alabama night, 102,000 fans. They anticipate a crowd of over 200,000 people on campus. It's going to be 
crazy. The weather couldn't be better. Good for them. So Tiger Stadium, Nicholson Drive, South Stadium Drive, all those areas going to be just packed to the rafters with people. Patience, 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 because traffic is going to be nightmarish. If you ever go to those games, you know what I'm talking about. It's going to be nightmarish. We'll talk about uh, LSU football with Cokie Riley. We'll hear about what uh, um, Brian Kelly had to say on his radio show last night. Uh, What are they going to do on the offensive line? What are they going to do on special teams? A lot of things to correct. We'll talk about that. Larry Holder of The Athletic will join us. We'll go all over week one of the NFL, get his thoughts on the Saints and the Falcons as well. Hour number two, Blake Topmeyer, USA Today, covering the Southeastern Conference. We'll talk about the games in the conference. Two big ones, Bama at Texas, Kentucky at Florida. You got Mississippi State at Arizona. So some good ones there. Tennessee at Pitt. Oh, yeah, we got some good games. We'll talk to Blake about that. George Faust will join us from KLFY. We'll talk about the Cajuns and Eastern Michigan. George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will make our picks, including can the McNeese Cowboys head over to Houston and, and, and beat the Rice Owls? It's a winnable game, but as always, it's a very losable game. It can... Can the quarterback play be good enough to win on the road? So we'll have all those stories and much, much more. Some birthday wishes for you as well. And, of course, um, you know, the NFL season, it's week one. The first Sunday the NFL is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate their turn of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. As an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms of DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Gold and Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-7867. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll get our um, uh, litany of guests underway. Koki Riley will join us as we talk about the Tigers and the Jags here on the Jordy Helpert Show, on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. All right, we are back on this football Friday, 15 minutes after the hour on this uh, 09-09-22, one day before uh, what they claim 200,000 people will um, gravitate toward that uh 
the incredibly priced property known as Tiger Stadium and surrounding areas for LSU versus Southern. It's a it's a great moment. It's a great opportunity for both universities, for the city. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. It'll, it'll be great tailgating. It'll be great music. It'll be it'll be terrific. Um, Koki Riley covers LSU for the USA Network, and you can read all about it in the Daily Advertiser. And he joins us on this Football Friday. Hey, Koki, what's happening, buddy? How are you? Not much, not much, Jordy. Uh, thanks again for having me on. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be probably the most locally anticipated game here in a very, very long time. And I think from like a big picture standpoint, this has got to be one of the biggest, uh, I guess, pay for play. I don't know if the better word to say say that, but uh, yeah, uh, it is. you know, smaller, I guess, big school versus small school games in the country. So it's going to be fascinating. In my personal, I'd rather pay Southern University seven hundred and fifty thousand than pay, um, I don't know, New Mexico, Jackson State, a hundred, a <laughs> million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so uh, Brian Kelly had his his radio show yesterday. What's going on with Jack Besh? I know he had those um, uh, those shin splints. Where, what's his status now? Because he hardly played at all um, in the opener. Apparently, the, the shin splints was it was actually a stress fracture he was dealing with during preseason. So they've oh. been kind of bringing him along pretty slowly uh, to the point where he wasn't really involved in a lot of the more uh, active team-wide drills um, uh, until the very end of preseason. So they're just they're just making they're just being pretty careful with him and trying to bring him along so he doesn't have to re-aggravate that injury at all. So uh, I'd expect to see a little bit more of him this week and a little bit more of him the next week. And by the time we get to, I don't know, week four, week five, my guess is, again, my guess is, is that he'll be uh, fully fully operational. We get um, Koki Riley. Uh, how do we get this LSU offense to have some consistency? That They, they went up-tempo, and they looked a heck of a lot better. Um, Jaden Daniels, I, I thought, was terrific in the opener. He, he was getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Receivers were getting a little bit of separation. So that seems to me to be the way to go, and that will maybe help offset some deficiency on the offensive line. Absolutely. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth, and that's exactly what I wrote about this week. Um, oh. How That exact question, like how do you find consistency with this LSU offense? And a lot of it's going to have to do with pacing. And Jay Daniels talked about it after the game, how you know, any, any, when they kept the tempo and kept the pace up, then their offense was just a lot more, a lot more functional, a lot, a lot more smooth. It was all about rhythm. Rhythm was the, use, was the word he used quite often. So, yeah, I, I think if they keep the pace up, what it does is it keeps the defense on their heels. It tires out their it tires out their the opposing pass rushers. It simplifies the defense um, from the quarterback standpoint. So it just does all these things that negate uh, some of the question marks you have around this LSU team, right? Like the offensive line or mm-hmm. Daniels' ability as a processor when it comes to understanding the defense. Like all these sort of question marks, big and small, a lot of them get, I guess, drowned out a little bit if they, uh, if they play a faster, more up-tempo style of game. But in order to get that tempo, you need to get a first down or two, right? You can't right. just you know, run the ball to the middle for a yard on your first set of downs 
and then for only a yard and then try to go up tempo up there. That's not really how that works. So yep. you need to get off to a good start on drives, and then after that, you can uh, revert more to that up tempo style. And I guess one of the drawbacks of an up tempo style is that it'll wear out your defense. Not that they'll be on the field too much, but even though they were they were on the field for a decent amount of time, especially with those some of those long drives against Florida State, they didn't really tire out that much. I mean, you ask some of the guys after afterward that I forget who which of the defenders uh, on, on Wednesday noted this uh, when I asked them, but they said they didn't really get tired after the at the, at the end of the game, and you kind of saw that with the with the big three and out stopped with less than three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you I know think when they say when they say up big temp- for them. When they say up tempo, Koki, that that doesn't mean you have to you, you end a play and you race up to the line of scrimmage and you snap the ball in two seconds. I mean, you get to the line of scrimmage, you don't huddle. You get to the line of scrimmage, which doesn't allow the defense to make any substitutions, and yeah. unless you substitute. But if you don't, then they can't. And then you look over to your bench and you get the signals in, and you can take time off the clock that way. But at least you're at the line of scrimmage, and the defense doesn't know when you're going to snap the ball you know what i mean exactly exactly you know the guys are briskly running in and out um your uh, quarterbacks looking over to the sideline trying to get the next call in and there's just a pace to it there's a rhythm to it you know mm-hmm. it's quick but it isn't necessarily we have we have to go down the field in a minute and 20 seconds and 90 right. 99 yards in a minute and 20 seconds right so right. it's it's it, it's it's kind of a balance between those two things, but at the same time, it isn't huddling up on every single play and uh, taking your sweet time and try to per- be perfect with each uh, play call or or, yeah. or whatnot. So I've always said, good coaching is taking the talent you have and putting them in them in a position to do what they do best. Jaden Daniels is the best player on the team. That's what he does best: up tempo. So let's let's go up tempo. Let me ask you, make a prediction for me. Give me the starting offensive line for LSU against Southern. Will it be different than the starting line that started against Florida State? I could easily be wrong, um, but I think it's going to stay the same. And I think the main reason for that is for chemistry reasons. Um, I think they want to create greater continuity on that offensive line. I think one of the big issues that they had against Florida State is that, you know, guys weren't fully comfortable with playing with each other and especially in that sort of environment when the bullets are really flying. You know, it's one thing when you're practicing with the left guard next to you and you know his tendencies in a practice scenario, right, and you even know the guys who are lining up across from you. But when you're in a game situation, you don't know really what the other team's going to do, which is that's kind of what it sounded like. Florida State kind of threw some extra curveballs at them schematically. Mm -hmm. But anyway, either way, though, like, I I think just getting – really, really comfortable with each other on the offensive line is going to be key for this team. And it's, it's, it's probably the, like the most feasible way they improve um, as a unit. So I, okay. I think they're going to sort of keep that unit. I think they're going to see more rotation with guys coming in and out, though. I think they're, they're going to play more guys other than just, say, Traymon Short. I think Marcus Dumerville is going to play more in this game. Uh, I asked Kelly about uh, Will Campbell's performance, and he said that, he definitely battled, but they do want to see more rotation at those tackle spots um, after the Florida State game. So I, I would expect more rotation on the offensive line in general, um, okay. especially in a game like the Southern where yeah. you can do that stuff. 
Yes. So, yeah. It's the perfect it's the perfect game to and this is not a slight on Southern, but it, it kind of is. Uh you're supposed to win by 40 or more. Uh, you're yeah. supposed to. Uh so this is the kind of game that you can mix and match because SEC play starts the next week against Mississippi State. You better have your ducks in a row on that. All right, so you think it's going to be the same. What do you do to correct special teams? Brian Kelly says he thinks – I love Brian Polian. Uh, He thinks he's the best special teams coach in the country. What else is he going to say, right? But they got to make some changes there, big guy. They got to. This is hard because I look at the special teams and miscues, and I just don't see how that's going to be – a huge issue for them for the rest of the season, just given the track record of not just Pullian, but some of the athletes and some of the players that they have uh, running around in those special team spots, right? Like nobody came into that game thinking Malik Neighbors is a liability as a punt returner. I mean, he has really good hands. He was one of the all-stars of the preseason for LSU. It just made sense that he was going to be the punt returner. He was going to do well. Or like nobody ever thinks of, oh, the block, like the, like the, up front with the blocking for for field goals and extra points like that like, like that's going to be an issue you know I mean those are like really some of those things are just really really simple things that are that feel more like one existential problems for the rest of their season yeah. the offensive line is a real real issue for this team it could sink them for the entire season like I, I don't want to you know I, I don't want to uh, like belittle that point but at the same time. With the special teams, like I would be shocked if they had two blocked kicks happen again in the season. I would be a little surprised if they had another blocked kick happen again this year, period. Unless I'm it was like you. a 50-yarder. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like you might see a Sage Ryan return a punt here and there, and they might experiment a little bit with some of the uh, special teams um, in this game. But I don't know. I and It's... It's really – it just kind of feels like a one-off to me. I don't think there's going to be any major, major changes. You know, I think Ramos will still be the kicker and whatnot. Um, LSU had a tough time getting off the field on third down. They had a tough time tackling against Florida State. Uh, Jordan Travis was the reason given by Brian Kelly and his elusivity with inside the pocket. Um this quarterback at Southern, Bashan McCray, he's he's another one of those mobile quarterbacks. So we'll see how this defense uh, adjusts. He's of course he doesn't have the same type of personnel surrounding him that uh, Travis had at Florida State, but still, an elusive quarterback is an elusive quarterback. I don't care who they play for. So I'm curious to see how LSU does defensively and how they tackle this week. Exactly, um, it will be another. Uh, pretty good test. I mean, McCray actually led Southern in rushing yards last week, um, despite not even playing that much. Uh, because again, they were up forty-two to nothing against. I don't think we've even mentioned this. They beat Florida Memorial forty eighty-six to nothing last week yeah. and scored forty-two yeah. points in the for, in the yes. first quarter. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, McCray didn't. McCray and the starters actually didn't play that much in that game. So, uh, uh, so yeah, like he's a he's a really good athlete and. It'll just be another uh, solid test for this defense um, when it comes to just simply bringing on the quarterback. And but like with the missed tackles, again, that's another thing where it's hard to get too alarmed by that until it's week five and you're still missing tackles, yes, right? Agree. Because I mean, you're not that physical during preseason and for for obvious reasons. Um, and I don't know, you're just kind of trying to wear off the rust in a hundred percent all the time environment, like a game. So. It might take a week or two for them to be 
the tackling team that they should be. But I mean, but they're still struggling with tackling against Auburn. That's when we can, I, I think, we can make it a real concern. Yeah. Um, all right. Give me, give me your thoughts on on what you think you'll see in this game. Um, will we, will we see both quarterbacks in this game? I, I've got to believe you'll see Nussmeyer in this game, right? Got to. I wouldn't be stunned if you saw Walker Howard in the fourth quarter, to be honest. Okay. Because he can play four yeah. games and still redshirt, right? Yeah, yeah. He can play four games um, and still redshirt. So okay. Uh, okay. Well, good. with this game and the New Mexico game, I, I wouldn't be yeah. stunned if they just, yeah. you know, gave him a little gave him a little treat and, and played yeah. him a tiny bit in the fourth quarter, you know. Yeah, um, I, think, that, I so. think that'd be good. Exactly. Exactly. And I think in general you'll just you'll just see a lot of rotation with guys coming in and out. I think more freshmen are gonna play. I think Tiger Hill will play yeah. quite a bit because they're pretty uh they're pretty light at defensive tackle right now, numbers wise, at the very least. Even if Mikhail Wingo's really good and Jacoby Jacoby and Gillery is a good player, there's just not a lot behind those guys. It's really only Tiger Hill. So um, I think you're going to see him play quite a bit in this game. Uh, we're going to keep the tradition alive. Give me a score. What do you think? Uh, I said 42 to seven. I'm going to stick with that. Um, okay. You know, it, I mean, it's really hard to predict these games, like in terms of the exact score, because you don't really know how quickly it's going to separate or or any of that sort of stuff. So um, I, I'm just going to stick with a kind of a generic blowout score. Uh, does the human jukebox and the dancing dolls do they cover the spread against the LSU Golden Band from Tigerland and the Golden Girls? That's the big question. What's the spread? Oh, I'm 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 gonna give Southern Southern's favored by uh, four touchdowns by twenty eight. The Battle of the Bands. What do you think? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I have absolutely no idea. I'm very much looking forward to to, the, to seeing the, the human jukebox. So I, I, I've never, I, I'm not oh, from here, so I've never seen that. I've, I've never seen them in my life, so I'm interested to see you're in how for all a that treat. stuff sort of shakes out. You know, I'm like you Brian Kelly. In, I'm in, interested. Shakes out is the proper term. You are in for a treat, man. All right, Koki Riley, keep up the great work. Thank you for helping us out on a football Friday, buddy. Be good. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on again, Jordy. All right. There you go. You know, football season is here in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to crown you the tailgating king with the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. You can score $500 to chop specialty meats, a new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Raging Cajun football games, and so much more. Enter in the game rewards club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. I got to believe that this is ending real soon. In fact, it ends today. So if you don't register today, you got no shot. So enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. Doesn't cost you a dime. What you got to lose? Look how much you could win. So enter the ultimate tailgate giveaway. Larry Holder of The Athletic as we roll on on this football Friday on the Jordy Helper Show on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Tigers and the Astros in Southwest Louisiana.
All right, week one of the NFL underway. We saw what Buffalo did last night. That Josh Allen, what a – see what happens when you have a really good quarterback and they got a good defense. Von Miller makes a huge difference. Well, the Saints get underway Sunday, 12 noon kickoff in Atlanta. Larry Holder of The Athletic joins us to talk about week one of the NFL. Hey, Larry, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Jordy. How are you? Did you and that Bria girl win that mixed doubles uh, tennis tournament last week? <laughs> uh, it was a team event, uh, but we uh, we uh, we fell short. Uh, oh. got to, we our team got to the semifinals, uh, but uh, now we uh, well, we fell good. short. So it was a good weekend, though. Good weekend. That's good. Let me ask you a question. You've been covering this uh, Saints Falcons. When did this thing become a rivalry? Was there one thing that set it off? Well, I think geographically is part of it. Divisional, the fact that they were both in the AFC, in the AFC, NFC West, and they both went to the NFC South. So I think that's part okay. of it. But I mean, if you look at a rivalry, I mean, it, it typically uh, it goes back and forth. Uh, and so this hasn't gone necessarily back and forth too often in the last 16, 17 years. But, uh, right. but, but yeah, so I, I think. Uh, I, I think the Saints have certainly got the better end of it, especially saying in the Breeze Payton era. Uh, yeah, I can't. It's hard to count uh, uh, Falcons wins on one hand because they were they were so dominant over them for so many years. I'm with you. Um, Saints favored by five and a half going on the road. Um, what is it about Atlanta? I mean. It's like a start over again. Dennis Allen gets to start over again. Marcus Mariota gets to start over again. You know, um, what, what are you expecting this game? Yeah, look, I, I do think that when you see kind of both teams, there is definitely a sense of uh, they, they're both trying to basically reestablish themselves. Uh, you know, you're talking about Dennis Allen making his head coaching debut for the Saints. Uh, look, Marcus Mariota. He's getting one more shot, uh, at least uh, for now, uh, to be a starting yeah. quarterback in the NFL. And actually, I mean, when you look at it, uh, you, you've got the you got the top two picks in the 2015 draft in the same boat. You know, That's James right. Winston's trying to establish himself as a starter again. Marcus Mariota in the same boat. And so, uh, but I, look, I, I look at it in uh, when you look at kind of the, the league wide scope of what maybe people might think about the Falcons. I mean, the fact that. Marcus Mariota is your starting quarterback combined with the the roster and uh, the lack of talent kind of across the board in a lot of positions. I mean, uh, there's a reason why a lot of people, including myself, think Atlanta is probably a top five pick in the NFL draft uh, this coming year. Mm-hmm. But And that's why the Saints are walking into this game, you know, a pretty significant road favorite, uh, you know, to start the season. And, you know, yeah. the Saints missed the playoffs last year. So I think that's that's kind of the perception uh, of the Falcons and, and Mariota right now. Well, there's a, an incredible amount of road favorites in the NFL in week one. I mean, I, a lot of them on the road. It's crazy. Um, I wonder if Cam Jordan's just smiling because um, he's got 23 career sacks against the Falcons, second most all time against Atlanta behind Kevin Green's 28 and a half sacks. Um, and he's got the most sacks by any active player against a single team. He must be. I love playing the Falcons. He must be. Well, it's going to be a little bit different this time because Marcus Mariota can at least move in the pocket. True. You know, Matt Ryan was kind of a statue there. So that's, in that sense, it's, it's going to be a little bit different. But, 
you know, it's uh, but Cam Jordan. I mean, look, here's what the Saints need to do, uh, and I, you and me have talked about this probably a couple times over the off season. You know, the Saints need to kind of reestablish themselves as a, a big time pass pressure team. I mean, they they, yes. they were able to still produce sacks last year, but their pressure rates were more in the bottom half of the league, and that's not the norm. And I mean, you're looking for Cam Jordan to kind of keep that, maintain that play as a longtime veteran. You're looking for Marcus Davenport to, to play a big role. You're looking for Peyton Turner to play a big role. Uh, you know, David Onyemata. So at least, you're, heck, remember last year, I mean, hey, Onyemata was suspended for the first six games. So the right. fact that you got him uh, ready to roll week one is a positive. So I think the Saints, uh, they need to kind of reestablish themselves as that pass rush team. And Atlanta, their offensive line isn't great. And look, Marcus Mariota, like I said, he can move. But uh, still, I think the Saints, you talk about that, Cam Jordan and company, I think they have the advantage in that aspect. Larry Holder of the Athletic. Uh, Jameis Winston played a little bit in the last preseason game, which I like because you got to get some timing down with the receiver. They hadn't thrown a pass in a game to Michael Thomas yet. Um, what do you anticipate? Do you see some rust there? Do you think Michael Thomas is is going to be terrific? Uh, what do you What do you think about that? I think there has to be some rust. I mean, you haven't played a full game in. Uh, Two year, two seasons. Uh, you know, yeah. season and a half, two seasons. So, uh, and just just kind of a heads up. Michael Thomas is listed as questionable on the injury report. He was limited in practice all week, but I, I suspect he plays a full load uh, for the first time in a long, long time. And so, I, do I think that there's probably some kinks to be had? Sure. And then uh, you add that up with you got Jarvis Landry, who's never played a full game with the Saints, and Chris Olave, who's never played yeah. a full game with the Saints. And so it's yeah. a, it, this is really kind of a uh, the start of a of a new. It's almost like an, a new look offense, uh, given what what the Saints have kind of had the last couple of years. My boy Adam Troutman may be the leading receiver. As a, as a safety valve for him, I, I, Sean Payton came out and said he thought the <laughs> or Saints maybe, would uh, the... maybe Taysom Hill. Yeah, I'm curious. Sean Payton came out and said on some radio interviews that he picked the Saints to win the NFC South, and he would be really surprised if Taysom Hill did not play the role that he has played before with the Saints. What do you think um, Pete Carmichael and Dennis Allen have in mind for a Taysom Hill? Yeah, I don't think they're going to eliminate him from taking quarterback snaps. I mean, that's that's because – there are definitely times where he could be a factor running the football. I don't think they want him throwing the football uh, as much as maybe they have in the past. And But yeah. you also want to be able to use him as a tight end. I mean, there's a reason why he's listed there. Uh, you know, they don't, they, they want him to be more that than QB one a. And so I think that, uh, I think that you're going to see him more tight end, but I, I, I would agree that they're not going to totally eliminate that. And so it's a, because look, when Taysom kind of gets a good head of steam running the football, it works. Uh, you know, it's even though teams might know it's coming. So yeah, I think it's uh, it's definitely going to be more of a mixture than maybe what we're used to. But quarterback snaps, I don't think will be totally eliminated. Larry Holder of The Athletic, uh, for the first time since he's been a Saint, Alvin Kamara was named one of the team captains. Does that add significance to you? Does that make a difference to you? A little bit. I think that P. 
people are looking to him more in a leadership role because let's be honest, you know, when for, for as long as they've had kind of the running back duo of, of Kamara and Ingram, people look maybe to, more toward Ingram as that uh-huh. leader-type role. So I do think that that shows that uh, people are definitely looking for him to be kind of a guiding light, and yet it's also kind of uh, kind of uh, strange. I don't want to – maybe not strange, but I, I mean he's, he's dealing with some off-the-field problems. Who knows how, you know, when that's going to be resolved. But, but still, uh, I, I think that uh, – I, I do think that is – it's kind of the push that they – that people in the locker room know. Look, he's been he's been there and, and done that a lot of years, and now uh, you know people are going to be looking to him uh, in, in more of that role than even with Ingram still in the building. We have a lot of people that like to make investments uh, on the weekend, and just in case you didn't know this, folks out there, the Falcons are zero and six against the spread in Week One over the past six seasons. Saints are favored by five and a half. They were zero and four against the spread as home underdogs last season, and the Saints have covered in four of the past five meetings and fifteen of the past twenty-three. Oh, that that's the past this is a whole new season but larry holder the prognosticator du jour do the saints cover do they win by five and a half or more this game kind of scares me a little in terms of that uh i think the saints can win but i i don't think they're going to cover i just i think okay. it's going to be a closer game than maybe we anticipate just because i think the saints defense will be uh, ready to rock and roll even though i will say look paulson adebo has been ruled out uh he, he's not oh. going to be playing on sunday and Tyron Matthew, uh, he missed practice today with an illness, so he's he's listed as questionable. Uh, but I think the Saints defense uh, can slow down Atlanta's offense. I just want to see how the Saints offense does. So look, I think the Saints will win this game, but I would, I I I, I think five and a half on the road, week one. You know, so many okay. new pieces not playing together. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I could see it maybe being a field goal game, but I do think the Saints uh, win heads up. A Debo out. Um, that means Bradley Roby starts at corner. Is that what happens? Yes, uh, he, he. And good thing you still have him. <laughs> you yeah. know that's you know that's that's the thing there. And so now I'm I'm curious to see how the Saints handle it with nickel. If like maybe like Alante Taylor comes in, or I mean yeah. you know maybe uh, maybe it, look if Tyron Matthews ready to go, maybe he he goes heads up again. Kyle Pitt in in the slot, uh, okay. and also uh, just Falcons rookie first round pick. He's a Drake London, he's also questionable to play, so he's he's been okay. uh, iffy all week. So, um, but yeah, like it's uh, it's definitely something that, uh, like, like I said, I just feel like I need to see him for a minute before I can say, oh yeah, yeah the Saints, they're okay. total shoe in, you know, to win by two touchdowns. But hey, if they get rolling, they could because I don't I don't buy Atlanta's defense totally, but I'm just wondering about the Saints' offense and their continuity. Sounds like a man that has a family and a mortgage. So very smart on your part, Larry Holder. Um, uh, I'm curious, uh, in the NFC South, Tampa Bay at Dallas. So much surrounding Tom Brady. It's probably like Teflon to him, knowing him, that which I don't, but just seeing his past performances, seems like all the pressure to me is on Dallas. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I think, uh, and that's one of those uh, you know teams where Rome's favorite. Uh, you know, I think that uh, I think that when you look at it, I'm curious to see how the the Saints, I mean the Saints, Tampa's offensive line holds up. I mean they've definitely uh-huh. had some moving parts over the off season. Uh, 
I don't think Chris Godwin's going to be ready to go week one, so that right. leaves you with uh, Mike Evans, and you'll probably see Russell Gage, and you'll see Julio Jones, and uh, maybe a heavy load of, of Leonard Fournette since he's the uh, he's the definite number one back there. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but Dallas has their own set of question marks. Uh, so it's uh, uh, you know I would if I, you know I, I I'd have. Uh, my picks on the athletic. Uh, I'm part of our weekly panel now. Uh, the oh, okay. I, ha- I have taken Tampa, so I think Tampa's can go in there and be unfazed. And I th- but I'm with you. I think the pressure is more on Dallas, just because there's people aren't buying them like they used to, and people right. are, a lot of people are thinking that the Eagles are the favorite in the NFC East. Yes, now. yeah, they got a lot of love for Fly Eagles Fly. Uh, we'll see. Uh, such a sense of humor that the NFL has. Uh, Cleveland goes into Carolina. It's the Baker Mayfield Bowl. Um, you know, what What do you think of that one? Cleveland's not very good. I think, look, I, I pick Cleveland to go in and win. Uh, you know, I, look, yeah, Baker's hasn't been there that long. Uh, you know, I know Christian McCaffrey seems like he's going to be ready to he's go. Uh, but I, I, look, I don't, I don't think that Jacoby Brissett is a bad quarterback. I think Cleveland can still run the football with Nick Chubb and they have a good offensive line. And I think defensively they're still pretty good. So I, you know, and uh, it, it's one of those I got to see it to believe it with Carolina. And so uh, you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm I'm betting more on the pieces. Uh, on each side than the quarterbacks, and then I'm uh, yeah, I'm, this, this is wow. definitely a toss-up game to me. But I, yeah, wow. I'm, uh, I'm maybe going against the grain a little bit, not thinking Cleveland's going to win this one. Very good. Um, does Southern get away with a split in Tiger Stadium? Uh, LSU's going to win the football game, but can Southern win the Battle of the Bands? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I would say they're the favorite in any band battle, unless Absolutely. it's Grambling or uh, yes. or, or maybe or maybe St. Aug. I don't know, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but just just in the game in general, like I think that uh, you know LSU wants to has got to want to come out and, and really kind of uh, kind of profess their dominance, uh, you know, because obviously they did do that last week. Uh, and I know there's angst. There always will be uh, with the uh, the way that this season started and uh, combined with the last couple of years. But yeah, I think LSU really needs to to put it on Southern. I, I yeah, I, I think people would be really anxious if it's if it's even like a a three if it's like a three touchdown game. That's not going to yeah. cut it, uh, you know. So I think LSU needs to come out and really drop the hammer on a good Southern team. I mean, they're 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 a good team this year. Yeah, 86 points worth. Um, all right, here's the most important pick you can give me because I'm going to be watching it. Alcaraz versus Tiafo, men's U.S. Open semifinals. What a matchup. What a, that's going to be an incredible match, I think. Yeah, I, uh, it, it's funny. Um, I'm outside of my carport, and, of course, you know i got Casper Root and uh, Hatchin off yeah. right now. Four, <laughs> on my four. TV. Uh, but uh, look, I, look, I've been waiting for uh, Francis Tiafo to really kind of break out. I think a lot of people have been, and this is definitely his breakout term in beating Nadal in the semifinals now in the, in the U.S. Open. I just think Alcaraz can become the next number one player in the world, uh, and this I think this is his major to win, so... Even okay. though I, I, I really, uh, I really like Tiafoe. I followed his career a lot over the last few years. Uh, I just think Alcaraz. I think this is his time to be. All right, I can be number one in the world, and if he wins this, he can be. Wow, 
It's going to be a great match at Arthur Ashe Stadium. I'm looking forward to watching it. Larry Holder, uh, it's uh, 5-4 Rood now, um, leading uh, whatever the guy's name is. Anyway, uh, go have a great weekend, and thank you, buddy. Always fun. All right, Jordy. We'll talk next week. See you, buddy. That's my boy, Larry Holder of The Athletic. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll wrap up our number one. I'll tell you about our number two here on the Jordy Helper Show on a football Friday on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. All right, football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, You get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Here comes the speed part. You ready? Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms to DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-7867. Everybody out there have to come in, have, should have to come and read that and see how fast you can do it and be articulate when you do do it, that's the challenge. Yes. Coming up, our number two, Blake Topmeyer will take you around the SEC, Bama at Texas. Welcome to the SEC, Texas, or does Texas make a statement? We'll see. George Faust, KLFY, Cajuns, Eagles of Eastern Michigan. We'll preview that. George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will make our fearless forecast. We were pretty good last week. We'll see if we'll be better this week. Our number two straight ahead, the Jordy Helper Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Stay with us. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go. How good was Josh Allen last night uh, as the Buffalo Bills routed the Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams 31-10? to 10. Uh, We've got high school football tonight, which is going to be fantastic. The weather's gorgeous. Um, a Chamber of Commerce day. We got some big-time college football games coming up on Saturday. And, of course, Sunday... For all you football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code 1037GAME 
Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 20 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-STOP. Um, LSU football against Southern. We talked about that in hour number one with Cokie Riley. We talked Saints and the NFL, especially the NFC South with Larry Holder of The Athletic. If you missed any of those, you can go back to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Look on the demand section. Look up the Jordy Helfer Show, and they'll be there. Blake Topmeyer coming here shortly. We'll go over the... Um, the big games in the SEC this weekend, George Faust from KLFY will join us. We'll talk about the Cajuns and Eastern Michigan. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will discuss our picks. We've got 10 picks, seven college football games, three NFL games, and we'll try and uh, and make it happen that way. The U.S. Open uh, men's semifinals. It's six games apiece in the first set of the men's semifinal. Chachanov versus Rude uh, coming up later. What a matchup. Alcarez versus the American Tiafo. Um, should be a great, great matchup in that one. Uh, Michael Thomas participated in practice today, um, which is a good thing. No Teran Matthew uh, at practice. He said. There was just an illness. He should be fine. But Paulson Adebo ruled out of the game against the Atlanta Falcons. So Bradley Roby will get the start at corner uh, as the Saints make some adjustments along the way. So there you go. Um, that's life in the NFL. Just try to keep everybody healthy. Try to keep everybody happy. And uh, we should be good. So, um Blake Topmeyer, USA Today, covering the SEC. We're still efforting to get him and uh, should be should be coming down the pipeline anytime soon now. So uh, until then, I will continue to uh, pontificate. But now, now we've got him. So, hey, Blake Topmeyer covers the SEC for USA Today. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Yeah, looking forward to another set of games. We've got a couple of good ones this week. I feel like it's oh, not we- overall as good as the week one slate, but... There's still some good ones. We do. So we saw what Alabama looked like. Bryce Young didn't miss a beat. The defense did what they had to do against Overmax, Utah State. Now they get to take on the team that uh, I think is coming to the SEC sooner than 2025, and that's the Texas Longhorns. Your, your thoughts here on a Friday about Bama and Texas? Well, I, I mean, I think Bama is – is going to show Texas how far they have to go um, <laughs> I love it. To, be SC- to be SEC ready. And, and I think you're going to see, let's say this game goes, I think, the way a lot of us expect it to go, which is a lopsided Bama victory. You're going to see a lot of takes out there of like, oh, my gosh, what is, what is Texas going to get into? They're, they're going to just completely fall off the map when they join the SEC. I think that's going to be an overreaction if, if it comes to that. Because if Agree. you think back, the year before Texas A&M joined the SEC, they went 7-6. and six. And there was a lot of thought of, like, oh, my gosh, what, what is Texas A&M getting into? And then they've joined the SEC, and they've been fine. They went 11-2 and two in their first year in the SEC, and, and it elevated the recruiting. They hired Jimbo Fisher. 
Texas A&M's fine. So long term, I think Texas can be fine in, in the SEC. Um, I think they can be in the upper half of this conference. But tomorrow, okay. uh, no. I think Alabama's going to show them they still have a long ways to go. And Alabama's also going to show that it's, it's, it's a two-man world in Alabama and Georgia, or Georgia-Alabama, depending on how you look at it. Right. And everybody else is just sort of existing in it. I just think for the first time maybe in the history of the Southeastern Conference, I think even Auburn fans are pulling for Alabama in this one and for Alabama to make a, a very powerful statement uh, to Texas uh, and therefore to Oklahoma as well. So that I really think that's the case. Um, it's kind of funny you mentioned A&M. It, Missouri came into the league and nobody anticipated. Didn't they win two SEC East titles back-to-back? And they've they kind of taken a fall in the opposite direction. Yeah, they have. And, and, um, and Eli Drinkwitz, Missouri's coach now, has been recruiting really well. Um, you know, that's the one thing that has just never really been there for Missouri. When they yeah. came into the conference, Gary Pinkle finally started to get his due for such, what a good coach he, he was um, at multiple stops in his career. And the one thing Gary Pinkle could do that a lot of coaches hope they don't have to do is sign three-star talent and get him to play like four-star players. He did that very consistently, and he had a lot of success signing three-star guys out of the state of Texas, you know, back from Missouri's days in, in the Big 8, the Big 12. Um, they had a real niche in Texas for signing those overlooked three-star guys that would end up performing like four- or five-star talents. You know, you think right. back to, um, let's say, Michael Sam. Um, I mean, we all remember him, the, the great defensive end. Um, that Missouri had right after joining the SEC. He was a three-star guy, lowly recruited uh, guy out of the state of Texas and, and developed very nicely. And that was sort of the story for Missouri under Gary Pinkle. Well, continuing yeah. to do that is very, very tough. They're, they're, I mean, you know, no coach would want to do it that way. You'd rather sign the four- and five-star guys, right? Uh, yeah. Barry Odom wasn't able to do that. Now, though, Eli Drinkwitz is recruiting at a higher level than Missouri really ever has. Um, I think Drinkwitz's problem is just getting to that point to where right. he can see some of those recruits kind of come to fruition. He's working for a new athletic director who did not hire him, so it's like, all right, you got to at least tread water, keep your head above, keep your head above the the surface this year, and, and hope that those recruiting classes can pay off for you down the road. Uh, another really good game, I think. A really uh, uh, could send a great message to all those in Rocky Top. 24th-ranked Tennessee travels to Pitt to take on the 17th-ranked Panthers. Uh, this should be a really good, physical, terrific football game. It is, and, it, and if you look at it, it's kind of interesting because if you just play the stereotype, Pitt is more of an SEC team than Tennessee is in this matchup, and I say that because you know Pitt is the, the physical team – that uh, is going to go under center, play action pass. You might see a fullback get get a handoff. You're going to see tight ends out there. Um, and then Tennessee is going to go warp speed, RPO. Um, you know, they'll, they'll say, if you want to blitz us, blitz us. We're going to beat you one-on-one on the perimeter. Um, and I know that's oversimplifying it a bit. And the, and the SEC has certainly evolved mm-hmm. since those days we have in our mind of, of like the old school stereotype. But it is it is interesting that in many ways Pitt is more – like a throwback SEC team and then what Tennessee is. I, I think this yeah. is going to be a, a real tough battle uh, for Tennessee. I, I do like the balls a little bit in this game, but I think it's going to come down to the receivers 
ability to win those one-on-one battles on the perimeter because Pitt will put uh, seven or eight in the box. They're going to blitz you, and they're going to they're going to rely on their quarterback, their cornerbacks, to win man coverage. Um, and, and Tennessee's going to have to have their receivers win those one-on-one battles. The other thing is, um, I think that tempo run game for Tennessee that's something Pitt doesn't see a ton of. I know they've faced Josh Heupel's offense a handful of times over the years, whether it be at UCF or at Tennessee last year, but still it's not something they see a lot in the ACC. And I think that tempo run game um, can give a, a physical, aggressive team that likes to blitz a lot. I think, I think a tempo run game can, can sort of be a neutralizing force against that. I think it'll be a great one. The best game to me is because it's a conference game between two SEC opponents, both in the same division. Uh, Kentucky, 20th ranked in the country. And we saw what Billy Napier and Anthony Richardson did to give hope back to the Florida Gators. The 12th ranked Gators are in the swamp. I think this is going to be a real test for both clubs. And I think Kentucky's defense is going to say, okay, Anthony Richardson, I know you're good but we're going to make somebody else beat us. What do you think? Yeah, that's true, although Anthony Richardson can beat you in a number of ways. That's, yeah, that's the thing about him. Is, you know, if you're going to make him beat you with his arm, well, he'll beat you with his legs, or yep. vice versa. Uh, he could do that, too. So that, that's the difficult thing for, uh, for Kentucky. But this is a real proving ground game, as you were talking about, for both teams, but I think especially Kentucky. You know, if you're Mark Stoops, and you're taking on the basketball coach, John Calipari, yeah. at the University of Kentucky, maybe the only quote-unquote basketball school in the SEC, or maybe you could say Vanderbilt, say basketball-slash-baseball school. Um, if you're going to do that, you got to back it up in the season, right? Like Mark That's Stoops a great has, point. has been a, a fabulous coach for Kentucky. He's been, there, he's been Kentucky's best coach since Bear Bryant, and I really don't even think it's close. I mean, the bar wasn't right. set all that high, and, and Mark, Mark Stoops leaped over it. However, he always kind of resided comfortably in his lane. Well, this offseason, he moved out into the hammer lane, and if well, you're going to sure drive did. the hammer lane, you can't go 72. you got to no. put the pedal down uh, <laughs> and, and, and crank up some steam, right? And so these are the type of games, you know, if you're sticking your chest out a little bit and say, hey, Coach Cal, uh, we've had a better postseason record than you have recently, and we're not a basketball school anymore because we play in the SEC. This is football land. Mm-hmm. you got to go out there and you have to win games like this um, against Florida on the road. And to Mark Stoops' credit, he's done better against Florida than, gosh, maybe any coach in our lifetime, right? Like, you'd have to yeah. go back a long ways That's to true. find a Kentucky coach who's, who's had some success against Florida. And to Stoops' credit, in the last handful of years, he's done well against Florida. He's, he's been competitive. He's won a couple games. Uh, but I think this is a real proving ground, uh, not only for Will Levis, Kentucky's quarterback, and living up to the hype, but also Kentucky as as a program, despite the fact that they have some unfortunate circumstances of, of dealing with some suspensions there. I'm with you. Blake Topmeyer, USA Today, covering the SEC. I'm just going to go game by game, and you tell me who wins the game. You already told me that Alabama's going to beat Texas. South Carolina at Arkansas. Uh, I like Arkansas by about uh, 10 points, I think. Impressed with the Hogs in week one. I thought they were uh, receiving a lot of preseason praise, for myself included. I thought they lived yeah. up to it in week one. Missouri heads to Little Manhattan to take on Kansas State. Like Kansas State in this one, I think the latest spread I saw was maybe around eight and a half. 
Um, if that's still the number floating around out there, I like K-State to win, Missouri to cover. Number 23, Wake Forest got news that their quarterback is back, but the fighting doors of Vandy are 2-0. and Do they make it 3-0? Heck no. Uh, no, they don't make it 3-0, and and um, they'll, they'll continue their hunt for three, three wins against Northern Illinois uh, later this season. But, uh, yeah, Wake, Wake Forest will, will win this game. And, uh, oh, because coming into the season, I wasn't convinced they would. They, they have shown some progress, but um, the Wake Forest wins. And you picked Tennessee over Pitt, correct? Yeah, I got Tennessee by about a touchdown. In fact, uh, the score last year was 41-34 in favor of Pitt. Let's just flip that uh, because I think it is going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a tough battle for Tennessee. Let's just say 41-34 in favor of the ball. And then we've got – that's a good one. Texas A&M was going to win. Georgia's going to win. Uh, you got – you got – who'd you who'd you take, Kentucky or Florida? Uh, I'm taking Florida to win, Kentucky to cover. Um, okay. Let's say 24-20. I think the Ooh, spread the last I saw it was four and a half. If that's okay. dipped down to three and a half, then I would say take the Gators to cover. Although, in okay. fact, I'm not a sports betting man. If you are, uh, I would say stay away from this game because this, this game scares me against the betting spread. Um, but I do like the Gators to win a close one. Um, but I don't feel a ton of confidence in that pick. All right. Ole Miss will beat Central Arkansas. Auburn will beat San Jose State, and LSU will beat Southern. Correct. Correct. And, and the other game um, that I think, if you can, if you take a caffeine pill or, or, Ooh, that's, or uh, I forgot about this one. This is a good one. Coffee late at night. Uh, maybe you could stay up for Mississippi State, Arizona. This is one of those games that, like, has um, you know they they'll win a couple top twenty-five games and then they'll lose to a team that on paper you think they should win. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think Mississippi State wins, but I do think it's worth watching to see is this a more mature and more developed Mississippi State team that they can take care of business against teams like Arizona uh, that they should beat. Can they go out and and go ahead and do that? What else you got to do on a Saturday night at 10 p.m. Central? Watch the Bulldogs and the Wildcats. Uh, Absolutely. Blake Topmeyer, you're traveling to where? Austin? I'm in Austin as we speak. Oh, have fun. Tell Matthew McConaughey uh, hello for me, and but don't do the the downward horns because Nick won't allow that. Okay, don't do it. I'm just hoping the food's really good in the press box. I think I think Texas is going to turn it on a little bit, try to make a good impression as they host <laughs> Alabama in the SEC, and uh, and Greg Sankey uh, will be in the booth tomorrow well, as well. So yeah, I expect him to be put some, on a pretty good show. Be some good barbecue. Eat well. Got to be some good barbecue. Blake, enjoy the weekend, buddy. Thank you so much. And look, it's an 11 o'clock start, so you'll be home early. That's terrific. (laughs) Either that or have a bud in hand by 7 o'clock. There you go, bud. Take care, Blake. Thank you for your time, as always. Blake Topmeyer, USA Today, covering the SEC. We'll take a quick time out here when we come back. The king of sports television in Lafayette, George Faust, KLFY. We'll talk Cajuns, Eagles, next. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY sports director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Georgie, how are you, my friend? 
Doing well, doing well. Can't complain a whole lot. Beautiful day. Did you feel those fall temps this morning when you were out running like at 5 a.m.? Oh, yeah, man. That, 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 those five miles I got in, they were, they were great. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it feels great outside, no doubt about it. Oh, I love your sense of humor. All right, uh, what's KLFY's game of the week tonight in high school football? Uh, well, they got a couple of them. There's Sulphur is playing at Katyana. We're going to be out there. Uh, okay. Lafayette High, uh, they're looking uh, looking pretty good. They beat HL Bourgeois uh, last week, and, and this week they've got Como. So uh, District 3-5A already playing district games. Karen Crow's over at Barb. Uh, yeah. yeah, so there, there's some games that uh, that are uh, worth watching for sure. I want to see LCA play again. I want to see them play against Woodlawn with that uh, LSU quarterback commitment. Um in uh, what's his name? I don't remember weeks or something like that. Anyway, uh, always good high school football. All right, let's talk about the Cajuns and the Eagles from Eastern Michigan. What did you like about the Cajuns opener besides the win? And what did you see that needs some correcting? Well, I, what I really liked was uh, the fact that uh, they utilized Johnny Lumpkin, and I, it's something I had kind of been expecting. Uh, all, all all fall camp, it just seemed like he's a, he's a weapon that uh, you know Coach Des and those guys can use, and uh, that just adds to the arsenal, so to speak. So I really like the fact that you know Lumpkin got uh, two touchdowns, and he's he's really a, a, a big target. He he almost he reminds me a little bit of Ladarius Green, who played for the Cadens a while back, and then played with the, the San Diego Chargers and then with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I really like uh, I liked that. I, I thought they opened, up to, they opened up the offense a little. They threw more than I thought they were going to throw, but that might be more by design with regards to – I just think the scoring uh, happened in the air more so than, the, than on the ground, maybe because the running backs are just kind of getting used to – getting hit live you know that's that's a mm-hmm. different animal when you're in the heat of the heat of the game but uh i like the i like the uh the the passing game to the tight end that was probably my number one most impressive thing that i saw from the cages in week one now uh obviously you know you're playing southeastern it's a team that you're expected to win uh against with regards to uh the cages but I, this this matchup should be a little more interesting. I think what's going to be important is the defense, how the defensive line is able to kind of get pressure on the quarterback with without having to blitz. You know, use those front right. guys to, to to push in there and get that pressure so that you can have the uh, you know Eric Garers of the world uh, back there and, and and you know really pick it off what he wants to pick off. You know that guy. Yeah. I, He's he's super impressive to me that Gare guy because I I just love the way he plays and why and watching him it's it's been a it's been a lot of fun watching him over the past few years. Pretty good return player as well. Um, Cajun fans should know the Eagles quarterback Taylor Powell. He, he transferred from Troy, so you saw him before. I think this will give uh, the Cajun secondary uh, a much more stiffer test than you had against Southeastern. That's one thing and. Got to find a, got to find a field goal. If LSU, everybody's complaining about LSU special teams, well, I think there's an audition opening for 
um, place kicking with the Cajuns. I, uh, it, I think that's the one thing that, uh, you know, it's that, that, if I had to say that's the most disappointing, that, I, I think that would be it, no doubt. Okay. Uh, just, it's, it's, so, it's, it's supposed to be so automatic, right? It's, right. oh, it's, you know, even when you're a little kid, it's automatic, right? You score a touchdown in a, in a street game and, hey, 7 nothing. you know, you yeah. get the extra point. It's automatic. And so it's, it's ingrained in our heads that, you know, you know it's going to be you're going to make the extra point. And I think, uh, you know, that's the way everybody sees it. It is still something that you have to execute, though, and, and that's been – one of the more difficult things for the Cajuns over the past year and a half here uh, that, that it's, they haven't been able to find a guy who's been consistent enough to kind of earn that job. And yeah, look, maybe, maybe have one of those, uh, Hey, kick, kick a 45 yarder for a, a, a you know, $10,000. And, and if the guy <laughs> makes it, Hey, you got the eligibility left, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> Go check the soccer field out. You never know. You never know. Um, George Faust, KLFY. What did you think of Chandler Fields? 13 of 20, 65%, a buck 73, two touchdowns. What did you think of his uh, debut as the starter? I, I, I was really impressed, actually. I, you know, I didn't know exactly what to expect kind of game game ready. I had seen him a lot in practice. Uh, but I, I can see why Tim Leger – at uh, at when they had the Cajun Media Day, their football media day, uh, I can see why he he mentioned that you know he's got a little Brett Favre in him. I kind of see that in the way he plays, and he like I, I like his arm. His arm was a little stronger than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. And that's uh, even after watching him in practice. Uh, but I just was impressed with the way he kind of composed himself. And, and to be honest. Ben Woolridge played well too. I mean, they, yeah. they they really do have two good quarterbacks, and uh, and I think they're, they're in good shape with regards to that. I think if anything needed to happen to where the other guy had to come in, I think the Cajuns would be just fine. Uh, I think Chandler's the starter, no doubt. And then, like Des says, he's going to completely uh, he's going to give give Ben some packages to get in the game. But uh, I was impressed. I I really thought. Threw the ball stronger than I think. That's the biggest thing I saw. I was impressed with how how strong his arm was, okay. and, and making the good decisions. To you know, he, he did a good job of that uh, you, when I when I was checking that that first game out this this past weekend. George Faust, KLFY. You saw the game. Uh, the Cajuns used to be run, 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 and Levi Lewis would scramble around and throw the ball a little bit. Um, from a from an X's and O's standpoint. Uh, Cajuns throwing the ball a lot more. Does, does the running game suffer because of that? I, I don't think so. I, I think what's happening is there. Is, I, what's what what they know they can do well is what they're they're attacking, right? Yeah. You know they're they're doing, right. and, uh, and and maybe just hey, maybe people are like, all right, we can, you know, we don't have to worry about it. All we got is Chris Smith. In their minds, in defenses' minds, yeah. maybe or defensive coaches, hey, they only have one good running back that we know. Anyway, I mean, I'm sure they do their research, but Cabote's uh, a, a really good running back. I was, I actually did see. I was impressed with him the way he ran between the tackles and was able to kind of uh, get get some hard yards uh, late in the game or later in the game in the contest last week. So, um, 
I, I, I just I, I just thought they threw it. They utilized the passing game a little more. It might not be okay. that much difference than what it was in the past, but in my mind, I guess because of the way they utilized the tight end, I thought it was. Uh, I, it seemed like they were throwing it a little more. All right, give me a final score. What you got? You got the Cajuns winning this by how much? Yeah, I think the Cajuns are going to win. This is this is going to be it, it, it's going to be closer, uh, I think, than than the Southeastern game. But uh, I, let's go, let's go, uh, let's give them twenty four. Uh, let's make it close. What the heck? Let's have a barn burner. Twenty four, twenty one. Okay. Uh, and uh, hopefully the Cajuns it doesn't come down to a field goal and they they miss a field goal late. <laughs> it'll be it'll be twenty four. They already put up. And, all right. They, they hang on on the defensive side. All right. Get to work. You got a busy football Friday night and Saturday. Saints on Sunday. It's, it's the busy time. George, thank you, buddy. Fridays are great with you. All right, you. All right. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live and in person. Go register in the Game Rewards Club to win four tickets to see Houston take on Tampa Bay Saturday, October 1st. We'll even throw in a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. This is the last Astros weekend giveaway of the regular season. Astros weekend getaways powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston, Downtown, and the Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We've talked about the games all week long. We've had others make their predictions, but these are the only predictions that count. James Mesh's prediction, my prediction, and our guest, as always, Mr. George Becknell. George, how are you, buddy? What's happening? Jordy, I'm fantastic. How are you? <laughs> really, really, really good. So let's not wait. We got 10 games to pick. Okay. Uh, so let's get right to it. Let's start in the college football ranks, 11 o'clock kickoff. Nick Saban brings his Alabama Crimson Tide to Austin, Texas. Bama, about a 20, I don't know how many 20 points or whatever. They're favored over the Texas Longhorns. What do you think? Well, Jordan, whatever that whatever that spread actually is, it ain't enough. I think Alabama's going to go out there and they're going to just beat the brakes off of Texas. It kind of reminds me, the Saints had an opener in 07 when he went to the Colts and got blown out. Yep. For the Colts were Super Bowl champions, and the Saints just weren't ready. That's what this game is like. Texas is going to lose by, like, 40. All right, James, I like that. James, what do you think? I like Quinn Ewers, and I, I like his mullet, but it's not uh, going to be close. <laughs> I, uh, I think they I think Bama wins by at least 25, 27 points. Ewers uh, left high school early. He went and enrolled um, at Ohio State so he could get the NIL money because Texas wouldn't give it. Ohio, the state of Ohio would. So he's driving an Aston Martin around around Austin, Texas, but he, he, he parks it in the wrong place and gets it towed away. Anyway, uh, Alabama <laughs> rolls. That's crazy. Alabama rolls in this one. Uh, a really good SEC matchup, Kentucky at Florida in the swamp. George. Man, Jordan, this, this, is, this was a tough one to me. You know, I think Kentucky's a program on the rise. Florida's kind of, you know, Florida's Florida. You know, I don't, I just don't know if Kentucky's ready to go in the swamp and win a game yet. It's kind of like, you know, going in Rupp Arena and winning a game. It's one of those tough places to play. 
I don't think Kentucky's ready yet. Give me Billy Napier and the crew to win out there in the swamp. All right. James Mesh, you like the Gators, or do you think uh, old Stoops and company can can make this happen? Yeah, week one, I didn't think that Napier and the Gators were ready, but after they took down number seven Utah, to me, that was a good foundation. That was a good foundational piece, and I think having a, another game to build off that at home in the swamp against an SEC opponent, I think this is going to be really good foundation for them going forward, and I think they win pretty big here. Have either one of you been to uh, the swamp to see a game live and in living color? No, but I'd love to. I, I have. I have. It's a great experience. It's Ooh. a great experience. Yes, it is. Uh, it, yeah. I think Florida wins this one. I think Anthony Richardson proves to the world that he's a legit Heisman Trophy candidate, uh, and he can throw it, and he can run it. Um, he's the closest thing I've seen to Cam Newton uh, in a long, long time. I really, really like that. Um, Dave Arand and the Baylor Bears heading over to BYU. The Cougars seem to always be good. they got a couple of players that are hurt that aren't going to be able to play in the game. Dave Aranda um, has done a tremendous, better than I thought he would do as a head coach, to be quite honest with you. Uh, he's done a tremendous job. Um, can Baylor go on the road and play in that altitude, George? I mean, look, hats off to Baylor. They're, they're a lot better than I thought they would be. I think their program is in the right direction. But I think BYU brought back something like 19 starters from last year, yeah. and, and, they, and they got the game at home. And like you said, that altitude will be a factor. Baylor's not used to playing in that. I don't see Baylor coming out and beating BYU out up there. So I'm going to lead towards the Cougars, uh, but it's going to be a close football game. All right. James Mesh, you you know about this stuff. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I like Baylor in this one. I, I know you got to go up to BYU, but, man, with Dave Aranda coaching a number nine program in the country, looking at the negative two and a half in favor of Baylor, I think they only maybe win by two, maybe one. I think this one's going to be a really close game. Comes down to maybe a last-second field goal or then maybe going for two, maybe in overtime, to seal the win. Uh, I'm torn about this one. I, I, I like Baylor, but I just something tells me that BYU is going to pull this out. They're a very, very physical team. Um, they, they just, they're always pretty darn good. Uh, so give, give me the Cougars from BYU. I think the altitude plays a little bit a part of it. I really do. Um, so give me them. All right. Uh, a big statement game in the SEC for the SEC and the Tennessee volunteers, um, had a laugher against ball state. Everybody's high on, on the orange and white. Now they got to go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh won the backyard brawl over West Virginia. They've got a transfer quarterback that can throw it. They put up a lot of points, but Tennessee's got got a pretty good quarterback as well. George, help me on this one. Who you got? John, I, I got to lead Tennessee on this one. You know, I, I think I think they're going in the right direction. But watching Pittsburgh last week, they won a big emotional game that they probably might not have won had uh, West Virginia's wide receivers not just dropped the pass that got intercepted for a pick six. So I can't see them beating Tennessee. I'm sorry. I just can't. They had they got an emotional win. It's gonna be like a big letdown for them. I think Tennessee goes in here and wins by at least ten. All right. Got the vowels doing it. All right, uh James, who do you like? 
I got to stick with the SEC team in this one. I know they're going to be going to Pittsburgh, but man, I've been riding that hype train of the Vols so far, and I can't hop off now. Can't yep. hop off now. They're going to be playing it all night long, even on the road. Good old <laughs> Rocky Top. Rocky Top, Tennessee. Give me the Vols this week, and that sets up some uh, Tennessee and Florida coming up soon. That, that'll, be, uh, that'll be interesting. All right, of local interest, um, from Lake Charles, the McNeese State Cowboys, after losing at Montana State, which we all thought um, would happen, um, they traveled to Houston to take on Rice. Back in the day, Rice used to be pretty good. Rice ain't no good no more. Um, a winnable game for both. I, this is a toss-up. George, I'll, I'll ask you first, McNeese or Rice? I mean, Jordan, this was this one I struggled with because, I mean, Rice, we didn't learn anything about Rice because USC beat the brakes off of them. So, like, you don't really know anything about them. Um, I'm going to go McNeese. I'm going I'm to I'm pull my homework card in this one because I don't know which way to go. So, I'm going to go McNeese in this one. All right. Very good. James? comes down to it. it it's always a tear when it comes down to one of these games like you said earlier in the week your biggest improvement is from week one to week two both of them got blown out but i think you got to lean towards the cowboys in this one i i think i think they have a good shot even though they got got to go towards rice and go to houston okay so mcneese played montana state rice played usc i think usc would beat montana state uh, about the way they beat uh rice Mm -hmm. So, um, this is a close one. Oh, man, 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 man. First, uh, oh, boy, I hate to say it. G give me Rice over McNeese. I think McNeese needs to get home to Lake Charles in front of their crowd uh, before they get their win. All right, Eastern Fair. Michigan, 1-0. and um, I think it'll be a good test for the Ragin' Cajuns. It's at Cajun Field tomorrow. So, the Eagles or the Cajuns, George? Well, the Eagles gave up about 350 yards passing last week, and UL Lafayette won the game. The Raging Cages won their game with less than 200 yards passing, or about 250, something like that. I, I like the Cajuns quarterback. Mm -hmm. I think the Cajuns get this W over Eastern Michigan. All right. James Mesh. I think those Cajuns move up to 15 in a row. I don't know about go. the I don't know about the eleven and a half. That one feels maybe a little too high. I think it I think it could be a good touchdown, touchdown, maybe a couple extra points, like a nine point victory, but feels like the eleven may be a little too much. Eastern Michigan's quarterback will be a better quarterback than what you saw from Southeastern. So I think it will test this defense a little bit. But I really like uh Chandler Fields, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a really, really good player for this team uh, all season long. Uh, got to find a field goal kicker, extra point guy. Um, but I like the Cajuns. I like the Cajuns comfortably in this one. I think Eastern Michigan's coming down here. They're going to eat some good food, and I think they're in for a rude awakening. All right, George, what does this weekend mean to you? Southern versus LSU. Uh, I mean, it, it, it. I think it should. It's something that should have happened a long time ago. You know, okay. you got you got two major colleges, like in terms of universities, um, and LSU pays everybody else to come play. Why not? Why not pay Southern to come yeah. down the street and play a football game? Yeah. Um. So it, it's it's close to me because 
that's the two schools that I spent time at. Yeah. So, so I yeah. so so I, I have you know affection for both of those universities. So it's going to be the first game I've watched in a while where I don't know who to root for. I know what's going to happen, but I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't I don't have somebody I just want to win the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I think it's good for Baton Rouge as a whole to kind of get together cook a whole bunch of food, drink a whole bunch of alcohol, and just have a good time. And watch the bands play and have some fun and give a $750,000 check to Southern. And, you know, this is closer than than the Duke, North Carolina, Tobacco Road deal. That, yeah. I think that, you know, they're like six, maybe nine miles apart, whatever. This is a lot closer. Uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled that they're playing. Uh, but, again, we, we all know. James, uh, can you give me a score? Well, I mean, not that it really matters, but. And they're going to be favored by 40-something. I was going to say, hopefully, more of a feel-good game. Hopefully, it's something to where it's like 56 to 10. Okay. I think LSU will will play everybody. Um, and, and, Ho- and hopefully, hopefully Booty is able to focus up this time. God, jeez. Isn't that the truth? Okay, so we've got Bama. We've got Florida. Um we disagree on Baylor BYU. We all have Tennessee winning. We disagree McNeese Rice. We all have UL winning. We all have LSU winning. So let's go to the NFL now. And I'm just going to do the NFC South games, guys, because um, that's what I want to do. So Tampa Bay at Dallas starts us off, George. Go ahead. Is your show your prerogative, Jordan? But, uh... <laughs> go ahead, big fella. I gotta tell you, I might go against the grain on this one. I can give me give me the Cowboys. Okay. I, I just think Tampa didn't get better. Dallas is, you know, coming off a season where they're disappointed. There's a lot of expectation that that stadium will be electric. And you know, Tom is dealing with marital problems. I don't know if he's focused. Uh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I think I think the Cowboys win this game, Jordan. Okay. I just All do. Right. It's, it's your pick. It's your prerogative. All right, James, you. Micah Parsons may have an incredible year to him be like the be- one of the best defensive players. Like he already is, but he may he take it to another level. He may be the difference maker in this game, but I know that Tom Brady has never lost to the Cowboys yet, so I can't go against it. Not to mention the legend, MJ. Michael Jordan himself had a quote talking about Tom Brady coming out of retirement. He said, I was away from the game for about two years. Tom didn't even take two months off. But you know what that tells me? That tells me how much he wants it. That tells me how much he needs it. Mm-hmm. He is okay. back. So to me, I think he's focused up, and I think they he continues that streak of being undefeated against the Cowboys. I don't like Tampa Bay's offensive line. Not great. Uh, they don't have Gronk this year. And who's the other wide receiver that they're they're going to be missing? Um, oh, An- Antonio Brown. No, 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 no. Um, he's been hurt. He was hurt last year. He's still hurt. Not going to be Godwin. ready to play. Um, Godwin. Curse Godwin. Godwin. Yep, they don't have Godwin. Um, they have Julio Jones. Michael Parsons can can blitz, can rush, do things. Um, the only thing that scares me about this game is is um, the coach of the Cowboys. I, I'm, I'm not so <laughs> sure about him, but, I, but give me the darn Dallas Cowboys. I think yes. Dak Prescott... <laughs> is going to say, you know what, y'all keep bashing us and bashing us. And guess what? They're a really good regular season team. They're not a good playoff team. So for this opener with the game in Dallas, 
Uh, give me the Cowboys. Absolutely. All right. Cleveland at Carolina. Baker Mayfield leaves Cleveland. He goes to Carolina in the NFL schedules. Cleveland at Carolina. We had Larry Holder on earlier. He likes Cleveland in this game. George, who do you like? I got two words for you. Terrace Marshall, and he will have a game. Mm. He's got a – it's the best quarterback he's had since since he's had Joe Burrow. You know, Baker Mayfield is not as bad as what people make him out right. to be. Right. I think Carolina is better than what people think. They got solid weapons on offense. And Baker will be motivated. Give me the Panthers to win this game. All right, James. We got one Panther vote. Who do you like? Baker Mayfield. This is his revenge game. It's going to be week one. It's going to be in Carolina. You got Jacoby Brissett as the quarterback for the Browns right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're on that parameter right now of Baker Mayfield, chip on that shoulder, play amazing. That'll be it for about the first three weeks. But (laughs) I, I, I I take the Panthers big in this one. He'll probably throw uh, like two interceptions, but I still think they win by about 13. Christian McCafferty's healthy, right? Yes, he yeah, got yep, off the injury give, report. Give me the, give me the Carolina Panthers in that one. All right, the Saints, five-and-a-half-point favorites going to Atlanta. It's a rivalry game, so like they say, right, throw records out the book, throw point spreads out the book. George, I know where your heart is, but where's your money? Well, my money is, look, I, I went to Mercedes-Benz Stadium in 2017, to watch the Saints lose against the Falcons. They haven't lost since, and I'll be in Louisiana. I'm comfortable saying the Saints will beat the Falcons. They're better than the Falcons. Yeah. It is the first game of the season, so this game will be close. It's a rivalry game, like you say, it's going to be close. It's going to be closer than it should be. Mike Thomas is questionable. Adebo's out. Uh, Traquan Smith's out. So give me the Saints, but I only take the Saints by like three points. All right, so Saints will win it, but uh, bet the Falcons against the points. All right, James. Sure. I'll give it really quick. Give me Saints. I love Jameis. I think he'll have a really big game. Give me the Saints. All right, guys, that's uh, week two of college football, week one of the NFL. George, thank you. Uh, enjoy the weekend. We'll be back to wrap up this baby after this final timeout. Stay with us. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only, bonus issued as free bets, one early win token issued at opt-in, money line bets only, deposit and wagering restrictions apply, eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, gambling problem call 1-877-770-STOP. Everybody, enjoy the weekend. Go Cajuns, go Cowboys, go Tigers, go Saints, I hope. Hope we're 4-0 this weekend. Thanks to Cokie Riley talking LSU. Larry Holder of The Athletic talking about the Saints and the NFL. Blake Topmeyer with the USA Today Network talking SEC football. George Faust from KLFY talking Cajuns. George and James, thank you so much. Um, Thanks to all of you for listening, to our partners that make it possible. Have a great weekend. Until then, I am Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another 
Let's all be happy. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday here on the Jordy Helper Show.